Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, praise team. Don't you love it when you can feel the presence of God? That's one of the things I love about praise and worship. If your head's not in the right spot, if, if maybe you got all kinds of distractions coming on, praise and worship gets you centered in. And that's why we do it. It's so good to be in the presence of the Lord today. As we get started, I want to thank you guys for, for uh, continuing to pray for the, the mission team. They are still in Albania right now, and um, they're coming back. I don't know when they start their travels, but they'll be back home late, late Wednesday night. So be keep covering them in prayer. You know, I, I think there's some good things going on. The other day, Pastor Kent sent a, a message saying that he was invited to a men's conference over there that he wasn't even planning on. And so he was going into the pulpit in like five minutes, he said, need prayer. And so uh, I didn't even know what time it was there, you know. But uh, yeah, obviously we, we, we texted him back and, and told him we're praying. So God's moving in a big way. And I believe God's here today to move in a big way here as well. Amen. Amen. Last week I had the opportunity to, to share in Carthage, our Carthage campus. If you don't know, we have a Carthage campus that meets the same time as we do. And, and the first time I, I spoke in Carthage, Miss Clarabelle, she's our interpreter there. And apparently I got a little excited. And, and I noticed that I was getting some amens and stuff from the English, but not so much from the Spanish. And I realized that I was going a little fast. So yesterday I, I typed out my, or not yesterday, last week I typed out my notes and I put punctuation in there. That way I knew to pause and to wait and, and it was a little better. But then this, this, this week I found myself doing the same thing. And usually I just like to have bullet points so I can just roll with it. So who knows what's going to come out today? We might be here for two hours if I have to wait and pause, or we might get through it pretty quick. But bear with me, because I believe the Lord's going to speak to us today. Today we're going to be in the book of Jude. Jude is in the very, not very back, but second to last book in the New Testament. You can go ahead and turn there if you got your Bibles. Very small book, but it's powerful. And a little background about Jude he was, he says in, in verse 1, he says, I, the brother of James. Now, this is not either one of the James that was a disciple. This is James who wrote the book of James. And it's very interesting that he introduced himself this way because most of us in today's world, if we had, you know, somebody we could name drop, uh, he probably would have said, you know, I, Jude, you know, James's brother, but more importantly, half-brother to Jesus. But he doesn't do that. Even though they had the same mother, half-brothers, James and Jude were half-brothers to Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this, if you go studying the resurrection and the, to prove that it was real... Something that you'll find is that people do not go to the death for a lie. That makes sense, right? They only will go to the death if they know it's true and no one is going to take it away from them. Are we that kind of believer today? Are we the kind of believer that no outside influence is going to come in and wreck our faith? Well, we're going to dig into that today. 
And the reason I chose Jude, Jude is a lot like 2 Peter. In fact, in my chronological Bible, it's right before or right after 2 Peter, before 1 John. And it makes sense that they're similar because of what was going on in the world and the church that day. They wrote on the things they saw. But I want to know, are we the kind of people... Just like James and Jude. See, they weren't believers while Jesus was still alive. If you remember, he went to Nazareth and he couldn't even hardly do miracles because of their lack of faith. But yet after the resurrection, these two men became leaders in the church willing to put their life on the line for what they knew to be true. And he was so humble, he said, I'm not even worthy to be known by that brother. I'm going to say I'm known by James. And I found that very interesting. I wonder, am I humble enough? Or would I be name dropping? <laughs> you know, hey, look at me. I got the inside. We're brothers. But not Jude. So as we're approaching Resurrection Sunday, we're approaching Easter. I was like, let's see what Jude has to say. And it didn't take very long before I found something that I wanted to talk about today. Because it hit home to me. And look with me in Jude There's only one chapter, but chapter one, and I'm going to be, this first uh, scripture is out of my old NIV study Bible. The rest of them are be uh, ESV, but the the book of Jude I'm going to read out of, it says, verse three, dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. That was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. The reason that was dear to my heart is because I think in America today, I'm not going to say just Oakton, but in America today, the church is being compromised by things that are not biblically backed. And for some reason, the church in America today has no backbone enough to stand up and say, hey, this is what I think is right and that's what's wrong. Now we have to do it in love. Because Paul was very clear, if we do all these things but we miss love, we missed it. So in a loving way, you and I, we have to figure out how to be the example in the church world. How we can do this in love. And how we can stand up for what we believe in. How, we, how you and I can go out there, be in the world but not be of the world. And figure out how we are going to represent Christ. So that word contend, that stood out to me. I looked it up. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a simple guy, so I need to know definitions. So I looked it up. I found some synonyms I thought were pretty good. And as soon as I find it, I'll read it to you. There it is. So a synonym of contend could be to compete, fight, battle, race, rival, challenge, and play. And so a couple of those, you know, stood out to me because I'm a little competitive. So I was like, oh, this could be good. But it's not to be competitive, right? We're to be loving. And so what I thought about was the word fight. And that's where our title comes from today of the message. What are we fighting for? When we find ourselves in the world but not of the world, are we standing on biblical backing? Are we actually standing up for what we believe See, just like James and Jude, they weren't believers until it became real. And you and I got to make it to a point where it becomes real to us. We got to know that we know that we know that we know that this is true and nothing's going to take it away. And until we get to that point, 
I believe that we'll be, in James it says, like the sea being tossed to and fro until we're founded firmly in the foundation of Christ. And so as we dig into this, I got to tell you, this is things that I have dealt with or think about. So I have a list of rhetorical questions. And in no way, no one's going to believe me, but in no way am I pointing fingers. In no way am I purposely trying to step on toes. So if you feel that way, it's not me, but maybe the Holy Spirit's, you know, giving a little nudge. I encourage you to, I call that a check in the spirit. If that's you today, listen, don't ignore it. Because if you ignore it, the check in the spirits get lighter and lighter and lighter. And eventually you just don't hear them anymore. And the next thing you know, you're of the world. And so I made a whole list. Now I'm going to read them because there's a lot. And I tried to be careful with my wording so I don't hurt anybody's feelings. You know, I'm trying to be nice today. And I I really wanted to, to hit this home. So this is some of the rhetorical questions I came up with. When we find ourselves defending something in society, does it line up with our faith? When we're having a political discussion, are we on the side that lines up with scripture? As we discuss controversial topics with family and friends, do we lovingly stand on God's word? Do we live in such a way that our actions back up what we are confessing? When it comes to our actions, are we fighting for the faith in the movies and television we watch? Are we fighting for our faith in the music we listen to? When it comes to discussions on what we should eat or drink or inhale, are we defending scripture or are we defending the world? Parents, are we fighting for our faith in the way we raise our our kids? Now, this one hit home because I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So I was really looking at me. So parents, don't take it personal. This, is, this was what I was really self-reflecting. Can it be seen in the way that we are teaching, disciplining, and speaking to them? Can our kids see our faith through our actions in public and at home? Do they see us fighting for our faith And our priorities are putting church and godly principles first. Now speaking of babies, I believe that we have a a brand new baby. Is she here? No, she's not here. I'm still going to bring it up. And I almost got it wrong, so I took a picture of the name so that I wouldn't get it wrong. But if you see the Brummets, McKenna Rayanne, is that right, Grandma and Grandpa? Yeah. Okay, Brummett, if you see them, she's a precious little baby girl. And so make sure that you, you tell them congratulations. And speaking of babies, I know we got a lot of them in here. If they cry, it's okay, parents. I can say that because I was the one that always got all weird if my kid was messing up, right? So it's okay. They're a blessing, they are a miracle. They are a testimony of God's goodness. So today, I'm going to pray. And I really want us to be able to get in a posture to receive. And what that means is, if you came in here with some baggage, you came in here and things were just going wrong. Once again, parents, I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. My three-year-old woke up grumpy little bear, and he's like, I'm not going to church. I'm staying home, <laughs> you know, and so I get it, but if we came in here with something, 
Let's let it go to right now for a few moments and let's let the Lord speak to us. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for all those that are here. I thank you for those that are online. I thank you for those that are overseas serving you right now. I ask that you lift them, encourage them, and and strengthen them right now. Father God, we welcome you into this place. Help us to be able to receive from you today. Help us not leave here the same we came in. And Lord, if there is something that we need to lay out before you, I ask that you show us, speak to us, help us to hear your voice, get rid of all distractions. For we know you know our name and we want to hear your voice today. I praise you, I thank you, and I welcome you, Holy Spirit, through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So none of us, by the way, none of us have got this right. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. I used to think the preachers all had it right. (laughs) And then I became a preacher and I realized, whew, I was wrong. I used to think the elders and deacons or, or the leaders of the church, oh, they must have they got it all right. And then I, I realized that, that we're human. And not one of us get it right. But does that give us excuse to do wrong? See, I think that's one of the lies in the church today where we just go check it off. Well, I'm not perfect, not going to be perfect, not going to try to be perfect. But see, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says, be holy because I am holy. And so today, if there's something that that maybe checks that box and we're struggling with today, I'm telling you, I was struggling as I was, this was a good review for me. Please don't put us on that pedestal. We'll fall. Jesus is the only one that can be on that pedestal. We all need to look to him. And so today, I got a lot of scripture for you. I don't expect you to to look it all up. If you have a chance to take notes, take notes. I warned the ladies up there doing them. I got a lot, but just keep up if you can, because I didn't give it to them until about, I don't know, 10 minutes before the service started. I don't have an awesome PowerPoint for you. We're just going to dig into the word today. And there's going to be a lot of scripture. You can look it up if you want to, but write it down if if it hits home. But remember, the good news today, and I'm gonna, if I remember, I'll, re, I'll repeat this. But the good news is, we're here. We're still breathing. We still have opportunity, no matter what age, and no matter how old, young, no matter where you are spiritually, it does not matter. We still have a chance today to make a difference. Isn't that some good news? That's good news. Because I mess up a lot. (laughs) So I love it whenever I wake up and I have breath. Like, thank you, Lord. Let's go change something. Let's go make a difference. Let's be productive in our walk with Christ. The amplified version of that same verse that I read to you, it's really good. It says uh, that, that Jude says, I was impelled to write you, urgently appeal to you, and exhort you to contend for the faith. So in other words, he really, 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 really wants us to take this seriously. And it wasn't just for the readers. It was for us now. And so we just remember Romans 8.1. 
I, I, I love this verse because it makes me feel good inside. Romans 8.1 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. Condemnation's different than the Holy Spirit convicting. Okay, that's two different things. So as we dig in, I just thought about how are we fighting for our faith today? How are you and I out in the world fighting for our faith? And one of the things I thought about is simply... Our church is going through a transition. If you don't know what that is, you can, you can come ask somebody. We're going through a transition. This is history in the making. Why? Because of the translation of Scripture. And then the discipline to back it up. And so we are living this out. As Oakton Church, we are living this out right now because there is no reason to be changing the Bible. At all. And so therefore, if we are fighting for our faith, are we ones that say, nope, this is it, this is true, and I stand on it, I believe it because it's written, or are we the ones that are willing to compromise because of of the world pushing and pressuring us around us? So that's one way that we can be fighting for our faith. It should not be twisted or manipulated for any reason. And I put this in there, and I know we're Facebook Live and, all, and YouTube, and I know all this stuff. But we don't have to be politically correct at all. We are to be godly. We are to be biblically correct is the way we need to be living our lives. So I don't know if we dropped us or not, but it's okay if they did. People will get it. It's okay. And so I was thinking about like how. Let's put some how-to behind this. How, and we know these answers. We know what it is. But we got to fight for our faith by knowing the truth. How are we supposed to defend something if we don't even know it's in there? We got to be in the word. We got to be willing to take our time to be in the word so we know that we know that we know that we know That it's real. And it's got to be personal. See, it can't be your husband's or your wife's faith. It can't be your mom or your dad's. It's got to be yours. Here's some more good news. Jesus said, it's better that I go to give you the helper. You're not alone. Whenever you feel that pressure coming, you're not alone. You have the best helper that God can give, and that's himself, the Holy Spirit, to help us day in, day out. And so part of that, to connect with him, we got to be in prayer. we got to be praying in the Spirit. It's in there. It's real. It's, it's, it's true. we got to be praying in the Spirit. You know why? Because our spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, and then you know exactly what to be praying. If you, even if your mind doesn't know, you can get your mind out of the way, and you can be praying in the Spirit, the perfect will of God. Thank you, Lord. Because it's funny how we pray for the will of God, but a lot of times we're actually praying for God's will to be our will, and we're just kind of selfish about it, and we really just want him to do it our way. If you've never been through that, just keep walking your faith out. It'll happen probably. And then the, the Holy Spirit will give you that nudge in the spirit, and then you kind of got to repent a little bit and say, okay, God. I went through this big time whenever we were struggling to have kids, you know, five years of infertility or three years of infertility. And I was like, okay, God, I learned my lesson. Uh, you know, not, not my timing years. Now do it. <laughs> you know, that was kind of my mindset. <laughs> three years later, you know, then it was his timing. 
But so I've been there. I've walked that. And it's, so it's, it's easy to get into. It's easy to fall into that trap. But we got to know what the word says. And here's a little hint for you. If it's in here, it's God's will. If we always pray for God's will, are we reading his will? It's right here. We can learn it. We can, we can grow and be a part of his will. And guess what? My little testimony about it is he changes my will. He changes my heart. He changes my desires to what line up with his. And we kind of have to get out of the way. So we know we need to be praying to fight the fight of faith. We got to grow. It says we need to go from the milk to the meat. Everybody, everybody, no matter what age, we start our spiritual walk, born again. We are like newborn babies craving spiritual milk. But the word says that we are to go to the meat. We're not supposed to stay babies. And so that's, each one of us is on our own. I can't help you with that. You have to do that. You have to take initiative to want to grow spiritually. I have to take initiative to not be stagnant where I'm at right now and to continue to grow. Every one of us. We have a ton of knowledge and wisdom that comes from this church, from the history that brought up this church. But every one of us still has to keep growing. If we ever think we've figured it all out, well, that's a dangerous spot. That's a dangerous spot. So no, every one of us, we have to know how to do that. And how do we do that? It's by being in the word. It's by showing up to church. Good job. You guys can <laughs> pat yourself on the back. You're here. Keep it up. Don't let other priorities get in the way. Be in the word. Don't let other priorities take that time away. We have technology now that is amazing. I don't have the time to read a lot, but I push play on my Bible app when I'm to and from work or I'm going somewhere and I just soak it up through, through the, the speakers. And I just let it engulf me. And I find myself parked down here. The, by the way, if you ever buy, drive by here and my Jeep's not here, it's because I'm parked downstairs. You got to circle the church if you want to know I'm here. And sometimes I get here and I just sit there and just let it keep going and keep going because it's so good being in the presence of God. And whenever we allow him to speak to us, that's when we grow. That's when we get from the milk to the meat and we grow in our maturity. And then the next thing is we need to understand basic doctrine. That's one of the reasons that we're having to go through this transition is because lack of knowledge, the people will what? Perish. We need to know what this says. We need to know what it says because we have to be the ones to stand up and fight for the faith and say, no, that's not right. Because this says right here that that's wrong. And we got to figure out how to do it in a loving way. This is something God's working on me on. Ten years ago, I was not a very loving person. I was kind of a jerk. And so people would say something. I'm like, ah, no, right here, moron. It says right here in the Bible. You know, I'd, I'd insult them and then I'd tell them where it was. That's not how you do it, okay? I, I did not lead anybody to Christ. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but we grow. And as we grow, the Lord forms us and he molds us into who he wants us to be. And then we can come in love. 
Somebody who doesn't look like us, smell like us, politically vote the way we do, and we can go to them in love. And if no other reason except for they're a human being and they are made in God's likeness, we can relate with them. And we can show them God's love. And we can do that today. There's a community around us that needs Christ's love. I heard a, 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 a quote and I'll probably mess it up, so I should have wrote it down, you know, a couple times ago. But the non-Christian doesn't read the Bible. Why would they? They read the Christians who say they read the Bible and how they act. So we better be representing the word correctly. Because people are watching. People are watching. I always cracks me up. The Jesus fish that just cut somebody off on the freeway, you know? He's like, oh yeah, I want to be like you, buddy. <laughs> Quoting scripture and cussing people out at the same time. It's a no-go. I don't want that. Jesus said we're to be the salt of the earth. The city on the hill. How are we going to do those things if we don't even represent him the way we should in his word? We got to know. We have to know. So this is where I got a bunch of scriptures, and I'm just going to go through these because I'm probably going to run out of time. And so we're just going to go through these pretty quick, and, 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 and then I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. So we can fight the fight of faith by starting with our minds. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. What we think about is important. If you find yourself thinking negative thoughts, if you find yourself thinking evil thoughts, perverted thoughts, whatever it is, we are to take those thoughts captive. Now what does that look like? Well, captive is a physical term. So sometimes we have to physically open our mouths and pray. This happens to me a lot. Talk about the guy who cut us off on the freeway, you know. <laughs> it happens a lot. Uh, or, you know, walk through Walmart. It doesn't take long, okay? We have to be careful with our minds. And I have to say physically, because I think captive, I think, oh God, please help me again, because I've messed up again. And I surrender these thoughts to you. Make these thoughts obedient to you, Lord Jesus. Now, it doesn't stop there. Because whenever you're thinking these evil thoughts or you're just in a bad mood or angry, it just keeps on coming, right? The old devil wants you to have tunnel vision. He don't want you to be thinking spiritually. And so he, just, he makes you focus in on why you're mad or upset or whatever it is. And so the word says not only do we take them captive, but then we replace them. And the reason that's important today is because how are we going to know what to replace them with if we're not in the word to have something for the helper, the Holy Spirit, to remind us? Because that's what he does. He is faithful. He will not let you down. He is there to help you. And so if there's something that's going on in your mind, you say, Lord, take that away. I know it's wrong physically. It, it helps to say it out loud, I find. Take this away, Lord. It's I'm angry or whatever it is. And Lord, help me think of your scripture. Remind me of your scripture so that I can replace these thoughts. And he is faithful. 
I'm telling you, if you do it, you get outside your comfort zone. I mean, if you're in your cubicle at work, people are probably going to think you're weird, (laughs) especially the person you might be mad at, you know, but that's okay because that'll be a great opportunity to witness to them later. You can say, boy, I, I just about, you know, took you out, but praise God, I got the Holy Spirit, you know, here's, here's what's going on. Apparently you guys all work with people you like. I've worked with people I didn't like. But he's faithful. He'll be there for you. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It doesn't say think about these things when you're in a good mood. It doesn't say think about these things only at church. It says think about them. We got to control our minds. Our minds will lead us astray. And then I thought about this one. Romans 8, 5 through 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who are living according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death... But to see the mind of the spirit is life and peace for the mind that has set it is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really like reading that this morning (laughs) because I was in a hurry to get to church and my three-year-old wouldn't get out of bed. And I was thinking in the flesh, like, hurry up, son, or I'm going to make you hurry up. That's what I was thinking about. And then I just, you know, finished looking over these notes. And the Holy Spirit gave me a pretty heart check in the spirit. And the whole part about, you know, do your kids see you being nice everywhere else and at home? Yeah, that hit here. Being pretty transparent today, being very open. But I don't want you guys to think that it's only you and I'm up here preaching I'm preaching here because I know and I believe that this is true because if I'm not living this, it says your leadership's going to be judged twice as hard. No, thanks. I want to live it. I don't get it right all the time, but I want to live it. So if you're around me very long and I had to, you know, start talking about movies or music or something, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't listen to it. Sports. You guys, you're around me at all. You guys know I don't know nothing about sports. We can talk about Jeeps, right, Isaac? We can talk about Jeeps. But sports, I don't have a clue. We got to be careful with what we indulge ourselves in. If I'm spending too much time looking at Jeeps or, or doing my Jeep thing and I'm not spending time in God, I am wrong. That's on me. I can't blame somebody else. That's on me. If sports is more important to you than God, that's wrong. That's wrong. If X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, you put them in there. If that's more important to you than God, it's wrong. I'm a simple guy. I think simple ways. What are those old, like old scales, you know? What's more important? What are you putting weight in? What's more valuable? Where are you going to spend eternity? What matters now? What matters forever?
we got to think about these things. If we don't think about these things, how are we going to look any different than the world? I'm not sure that we can. Because talk is cheap. We can say what we need to say. We can try to look how we want to look. Social media is horrible by people just giving an appearance, okay? I joke around about this, but it's no longer keeping up with the Joneses because you used to have to know the Joneses. You have to have to go to their house. Now, adults, I used to say youth, but now it's adults too. We all just try to keep up with the image that is posted on social media. That is not what we need to be doing as a Christian, We need to be the ones that stand up for what we know is right. And we don't care what the world says because we're doing it in love. And we stand up and say, no, I know what my Bible says. You know, something else I've seen in America today and in our, I'll I'll bring it down to Lamar. I'll bring it down to our hometown. We do really good for a while, right? And then we think that's good enough. And then we post something, do something partake in something that is so worldly, I'm going, are you kidding me? Wake up. You can't be both. Revelation says, this isn't in the notes, lady, sorry. This revelation says that you cannot be hot or cold because if you are lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And we've all been there. I've been there. If I, and, and Lord, if I am there now, show me I hope that's your prayer too. Show me. We can fight for our faith by how we treat people. You guys know the story. Pharisees tried to come up and and trick Jesus saying, what is the greatest of these commandments? Mark 12, 30 through 31, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. If you look in in, uh, Luke 10, the good Samaritan, there's a, a lawyer that comes up and he says, what must I do to you know, getting the king to heaven. And, and Jesus says, well, what's the greatest commandment? He says them. He quotes that very thing from the Old Testament. And then he said, we'll go and do these things. And then he said, well, who's my neighbor? You guys know the story, right? And this is Joe Costley version. But, but there's a, a, at that time a, a Jew or an Israelite that maybe was robbed and murdered, stripped naked on the, on the way to... Jericho, I think, going off memory. And here comes a priest, and here comes a Levi, and what do they do? The Levi are the, you know, the chosen ones. They go to the other side and kind of ignore. Now, in today's world, see somebody broke down on the side of the road. Oh, I'm going to use my blinker. I'm going to get out of their way. I do it all the time. And then I feel convicted. Like, oh, I could have helped them, but I'm in a hurry. Uh, Every time I see somebody, that's me. I don't always stop, though. Sometimes you just... You got to keep going. I get it. I get it. I'm there too. But then I think about these words <laughs> and the Holy Spirit gives me that nudge. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll stop next time. I found that as I turn around at the next intersection and I go back, usually they're gone. That's pretty common. But who comes along? The Samaritan. Go do your history on that. They did not like the Samaritans. That was a pretty big slap in the face insult that a priest and a Levite did nothing. But a Samaritan came along and not only did he doctor him, 
He took him and put him on his, it says animal, horse, donkey, mule, whatever. Took him to the inn. It says he took care of him that night. He left, gave two denarii and said, I'll be back. And whatever a cost comes up, I'll pay for it. He didn't just help him. He didn't just give him a ride. Guess what? He was probably pretty gross. He was naked. I'm not probably going to help a guy naked and say, here, jump on in, buddy. Come on in, you know. But that's my flesh. We are called to be different. We are called to be different. And then Jesus said, which one was thy neighbor? And he knew the right answer. He said, the one that gave him the care. Who's our neighbor today? Do we got some neighbors that we need to be caring for? Do we got some neighbors that we need to pick up and bring them to church? Do we got some neighbors that that maybe they don't smell good? Maybe they don't look the same as us. Maybe they don't even act the same as us. Are we willing to give up our reputation to be seen with people who need Jesus? We have to decide this. Otherwise, we're not going to stand out whenever we're in the community. We have to decide this. We can fight for our faith by not giving in to selfish desires. I got to hurry through these. You can look at Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die to self. We can fight for our faith in our homes and our marriages and how we treat our spouses. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build in one another up just as you are doing. And this can be for us here too. I put that in with the spouse thing and the family, but that's anybody. Anybody. We need to be building each other up. We can fight for our faith in our workplace. We already talked about that a little bit, but you know these scriptures, Philippians 2, 14 and 15, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as the light of the world. Yes, yes. I probably should have started with that verse. Boy, that sums it up. Yes. We are to be the light of the world. If you didn't sing the song, this little light of mine, (laughs) we need to be singing this song. I'm not going to sing it for you. But but this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Are we letting it shine today? Are we even letting it shine here at church? If there's somebody in here you don't know, you need to be going and getting to know them. And that's shining the light of Jesus. If you didn't know that, there you go. And if we can't do it here, how are we going to do it outside the church? We got to take these things to heart. We got to make them real to us. And then you guys know Colossians 3.23. I had to throw it in there on the work one. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for man. That's a good way to represent Christ. That's a good way. And the last thing I have is we can fight for our faith and our finances. Are we tithing properly? Are we good stewards of what we have been blessed with? 
Matthew 6, 29, or 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We've all had to grow through this. Maybe you're there now, I get it. We've all had to grow. I've, I've had to grow through this. I love getting to a point where the bigger the tie check is, I'm excited because that's just the more the Lord blessed us with. We all have to, to grow through this. And this is, this is not just a, a, a beginner thing or an experience thing. We all, every one of us have to grow through this. But we can fight for our faith in our finances. We can. So imagine what the world would look like if we actually did what the word said. Imagine what our lives would look like. Imagine what Oakton would look like if we were that shining light. And now I believe we are. Okay, so don't, don't feel like I'm, I'm condemning. I believe we are. But I also think we could do better. Because once again, if we think we've just got it all figured out and we don't have to worry about doing it anymore, we're kind of in a bad spot. So never do I want to put us down because I think we're doing good, but never do I want us to say we figured it out, we got it, everybody else look at us, we're done. Because that's not going to help anybody around us. Probably really not going to help us either. <laughs> if you think about where your spiritual walk would be at that point. How can we do better? How can you and I, if you don't take anything away out of all those different examples, hear this. I agree with Jude. We could talk about our salvation. That's always pleasant to talk about. There's a lot of churches that talk about getting saved every Sunday. And every Sunday, everybody walks out of there checking that box. Like, oh, I'm good to go. I received my salvation Yesterday, five years ago, 45 years ago, 90 years ago, and I'm good. Or we can be the church that, yes, salvation is good. Yes, salvation is good. You have to have salvation to even get to this point. But we got to get to the point in our lives, you and me, every single one of us, we got to get to the point where that's the beginning. That's the beginning. And then you go and be the church. There's a lie that the enemy has, and not really in our church, I don't think. Uh, but once you receive salvation, you're good. And you can go back to doing whatever you want. And that's in the church world. That is in this community. That's not the case. How I read the Bible is, we're to approach with fear and trembling, reverently respectful of our Lord Savior. Not fear like... Well, I mean, there was, a, okay, there was a point in my life I thought I'd walk into church and I'd be struck by lightning. Okay, there, there was that kind of fear at one point. That was a long time ago. But that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. That reverent, respectful fear where we want to do good. We want to because we know that's what we're called to do. So I hope that's us today. I believe that's a lot of us, uh, a lot of us today. If the praise team can come on up, they're going to start playing. And I got just a few more thoughts for you. One of them's this. 
I'm full agreement with Jude. And so I'm begging you. I'm asking you. Please. Please. Be willing to fight for your faith. One of the ways we as Americans can do this is to get out and vote. I was so saddened whenever a certain thing passed. You guys probably can guess what it is. And then I heard only less than 50% of so-called Christians, I don't know where they get this information, but they actually showed up to vote. That's not okay. I do not believe that's okay. We got to be the ones to get out there. We've got to fight for our faith. Guess what happens if you don't fight for it? You lose it. We live in a country where we have the freedom to be here. We live in a country that we don't have to be afraid of persecution. And sometimes I wonder if the churches that are, if they're a little bit more real than the American church. Because they know what it means. They know what it means to be willing to die to self daily. Are we there? I don't know. I hope so. I think we're close. I hope I am. I hope I'm close. I think we're close. So if you would go ahead and stand with me. I'm going to read, and I just want you guys to receive this. I'm going to read this last part of the book of Jude. And then I'm going to pray. And if there is something that is going on in your life today that maybe you haven't been fighting the way you need to be fighting, or maybe there's something in here that you don't have a, a confidence that you know that you know that you know today's the day. So I'm going to read this over you. This is how Jude ends his little message. And it's a call to persevere. Starting in verse 17 out of the NIV. But dear friends, remember that the apostles of Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait. As you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful for those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, that's us, now and forevermore. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for being here today. Lord, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you as our helper to remind us of your word. And Father God, I ask that there, just give some peace right now. Give some comfort to us right now. Lord, if there's anything where, where maybe we're lacking, I ask that you show us in the most loving way that it can only come from you. Lord, speak to us now. 
Help us to, to hear the whisper. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, let us, let us take these moments to be able to focus in on you. Help us to, to, to not worry about what's going on in the next hour, but help us focus right now on you. We welcome you. Move amongst us now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. These altars are open. If you need prayer for anything, come see myself, Pastor Jim.